slide through the buffed tires armor rolled up. Yeah, you know it was raw paper when that sticky rolled up. Shit, no fib. Get to running at your lip. You gonna find about five Jabberwockies in your crib. <laughs> Strap mimes and won't interrupt the whole house bedtime. My cuz told me closed mouths won't get fed time. No, it's Omerta. All the way to Muerta. Should have known I was raised a savage out the fucking Puerta. Shit. Some reliving my shit. I had just got the new whip. New spot was lit. Every day a new fit. Every month a new bit. Two a day strip. One on the face, one on the D, that's the G way. Then they hopping off and they hit me with that FaceTime on a three way. Never scared, fuck what he say. Never fear, that's how we play. When that game on the wire on Marlowe, pulling up with Snoop Chris and Weebay. Ops want to be one way, but fuck that, it's the other way. Take you from your kids. Line up your mans, then send some scratch to your mother way. Look, do I confront singing niggas? The answer is yes. Have them fighting for their life if I CBS. Because R. Kelly was on CBS. Fuck that. From Cleveland to Miami, out to L.A., I let it ring four times, mijo. LBJ. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all niggas can't fuck with me, kids. Bars, nigga. Nah, I'm just fucking around. But, um, everybody know I like battle rap. I mean, he's like one of the purest forms of, uh, I guess, hip hop still out right now. And um, I kind of wanted to wait for it to die down because um, recently it was a big battle rap event. I wanted to make sure everybody watched the VOD. You know, um, and I know everybody know what event I'm talking about who follows battle rap, uh, volume six. Um, this is an event that's given by Smitty, you know, Uncle Smack. Um... For people who don't know about battle rap, he used to come out with the DVDs back in the day. Uh, I used to interview um, big artists on the DVDs and have segments. But everybody used to like the battles um, at the end. And um, the battles is what really had people like, uh, I guess, uh, copping the DVDs. And... um, it was one of the first times I was like, I was kind of like exposed to battle rap, I guess. Because um, I used to have some of my favorite rappers used to be on the DVDs. And I just started watching the battles on there. And I guess uh, one of the first battles I saw on there had to be the Mook versus Lux. But um, I think that was probably one of the first battles I saw. I'm not, I'm not going to say that's the first battle I saw. I think the first battle I actually saw. That really got me into battle rap was Cassidy versus Freeway. But it, it was like a um, studio setting. But um, the first battle I saw, like, um, just like outside of a studio, 
had to be probably the Lux in the um, Murder Mook joint. And ever since then, I just like battle rap. I like watching the battles. And uh, like I said, the volume series is like, it's kind of brings you back to that element because everybody knows URL is like the biggest stage. It's like the NBA. So you have all the big events on a URL where the big stage and got the Don DeMarco and all that stuff going on but um, the volumes takes you back to where it was like in the sneaker stores and the barbershops and stuff like that and the most recent uh, event was the volume 6 and um, I think by the time all the true battle fans probably already copped the VOD or probably watched it on caffeine and all that so um, I'm going to do my recap um I really don't um, dissect the battles like most of the media do and like break down the rounds and all that stuff. I just talk about the battle and uh, I just say who I thought win, who I, who I thought won. And um, and uh, most of the time it's just, you know, just a general. Sometimes it's a preference or sometimes it's obvious. So, um, we gonna go with the first match on the card. It was five matches on the card. And, uh, the first match was, um, Danny Myers versus Hill Will. Now, in this one, I picked Hill Will as the winner. But it wasn't a clear. Going into the third, I had a 1-1. I had Hill Will. He had the first round. Danny Myers had the second round. And everybody probably gonna say, um, because it was some... Technical difficulties. I'll let you watch it if you haven't watched it. With Danny Myers on the third round, so I'm not gonna even let that sway my opinion because uh, he he got it right back. It wasn't like he choked or nothing, but um, I'm going strictly off bars. Um, the only reason why I gave Illwill the third because he kind of flipped Danny Myers' uh, whole style on him. When Danny Myers usually usually um, references the universe. And um, in his uh, in his rounds sometimes, and uh, Ill Will flipped that style on him, and he said one line because at first I was I still had him tied, but he had one line there that flipped the whole thing when he was like, um, "You have a uh, headline summer madness after summer madness, you gotta go there." And that next line he spit, the T Rex line, I was like, "Yo." That put him over. That's what won the. That's what won the whole battle to me, when he said that. Because when, when a rapper say something crazy like that, I'm like, yo, you had to really dig into your um, your psyche. You had to really dig into your creative universe to really get that line and really like. Because he was in a room with a bunch of writers, and when he said that, they went crazy over that. So that's the line that really did it for me. So I got ill will over Danny Myers. The second battle on the car was uh, Arsenal versus Jerry West. Now, Arsenal, I'm going to say Arsenal. I got Arsenal in this one. And not because of the history and all that. But uh, Arsenal, was, fun fact, he was like my favorite battle rapper when I first saw him battle Tech 9 And um, I had seen him battle before that. I think I seen him, seen him battle Hollow the Don. I think it was maybe like the same year. I seen him battle Hollow, and then I seen him battle Tech Nine, and then I was like, "Yo, this dude different." Um, he 
he was saying some different stuff. I think he said one line about he probably fucked six bitches and they all fat. <laughs> he had he had like jokes, he had like aggression, he had lyrics, and his style was crazy. So he was like one of my favorite he like one of my favorite battle rappers of all time. But um I'm not giving it to him just because of that though. But um in the battle he was he brought that old arsenal back. He had the like the disrespect, Mr. Disrespectful. He brought that whole style back. And um not that he hadn't kept it all along, but it was like more disrespectful in this match. He was killing his he was killing killing Jerry West a little something. But then Jerry West was no slouch. Jerry West had a lot of stuff. He was like um the Alexa line, um and then he did his patent, some one of his patented moves that had me like, oh, that was crazy. One of his patented moves he does um, with somebody in the crowd that participates. So I'm going to give you that either. You got to go watch the battle. But um, he did that patented move and I was like, oh, that was real creative. Because when he brought it back and then did it again and I was like, yo, that's creative. So um, that the only thing that edged it for me was like, you know, Arsenal just had a little bit more material in there that was like uh, catered toward him, shall I say. It was a little bit more, um, I'm not going to say that um, Jerry West could have wrote his rounds for anybody because a lot of his stuff was in there catered to Arsenal. But uh, it seemed like Arsenal's battle, his uh, rounds were a little bit more crafted and tailored toward uh Jerry West, like I don't think he could have said the stuff he was saying to any other person. It seemed like he was speaking directly to him, and um, I think that's one of the reasons why I gave it to Arsenal. Plus, I just liked um, just some of the shit he was saying. Um, he was saying a lot of dope lines, and I was like, oh. And then you know, when he that uh that that. That beat out line he said that was crazy too. I think that's the line that he ended his um his rounds in, and I was like, oh, that was crazy. I like the way he um finished that, and then he brought it right back to his opponent. I was like, yo, Arsenal different, and he did it with a something. He did something with the with the line. I was like, yo, the way you could flip, and then like flip voices in and out like that. I was like, that's crazy, and then. That's why I gave it to Arsenal. Now the third match on the card, it was uh, the Kingpin versus the Elevator. Chilla Jones versus B-Dot. And um, a lot of people say this was more like a preference battle. And um, B-Dot, um, he did something crazy in the first round. So I gave B-Dot the first round. The second round, even though he said his round was a little shaky or whatever, that had nothing to do with, with it. So I just I really judge uh, battles off material because it's really hard to remember that all that material in your head and to do a flawless is really hard to do. But I really just gave Chilla the second round because um I think I just liked his round better. I just liked the stuff he was saying in the second round. And then the third round... I gave it to Chilla too, cause um his material was just a little bit better. It was like it's just a little bit better. Like I think that's around where he started to um this crazy scheme he did with like I ain't gonna even say what he did, but um his round was like it was crafted to him. 
And he was saying a lot of cool stuff on this round. So I gave the match to Chilla. And that's like, I'm not saying like he beat him crazy. But um, his material was just a little bit better in the second and third round. But B-Dot definitely watched him in the first round I gave. And I thought, because B-Dot was home, he's going to be more comfortable. I was like, oh, this this might go a different way than I thought. But then uh, Chilla fought back. And he won the second and third round, so I just gave it to Chilla. There's no more explanation with that, but you just gotta have to you have to go watch the match. They both were saying a lot of crazy stuff. Like Beat, I still had lines. He still had his stuff crafted toward Chilla, but like I said, Chilla's material in the second and third was just a little slightly better, just slightly better, and it had nothing to do with the shaky round. His material was just a little bit better, just a little bit better. Especially when he said uh, he had this one line where he was like, yeah, it has nothing to do with uh, <laughs> how, how hard work hard work and skill. And, it's, and he said that it was like a um, double entendre. I was like, oh, this is, about to get, this is about to get crazy when he said that line. Gotta go watch it. Um, the fourth match that um, on the card was um, K-Shine versus Pat Stay. Now, this one was kind of hard to watch because um, just knowing from the past, I'm not no excuses or anything because I think it probably would have went the same way anyways, but I think it wouldn't have been as bad. But uh, I really didn't think I got the a good pass stay on this on this on this card. I don't know if it was because of the circumstances. I don't know if it was because of personal reasons or whatever. But um. I kind of knew probably, I'll make a long story short, I, I gave him the, the Master K-Shine 30. Um, but um, I think it was because, um, like I said, no excuses. We didn't get the 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 whole passe that we usually used to get. And um, even though I know you can't play with Shine, you can't play with K-Shine. If you're going to battle K-Shine, you got to come perfect and because he gonna come perfect and he ain't, he ain't gonna let up on you he gonna have his foot on your neck the whole three rounds and he came with the right case shine he he he, he left the earth on this match because i think he was waiting for it for a long time and he was no and he knew that um past state was somebody you can't come and play with but i think Pastey came and he started playing around with Shine, and he got a rude awakening. And um, like I said, no, you I don't even need to explain it. K Shine, he left Earth, and his third round was just godly. It was some god tier shit that went down, and I was like, that was probably like the round of the year. Like if if you judging all the rounds that I've seen all in 2020, he ended that crazy. That was the round of the year. I don't care. And I know you pay by sight. Like you watch the Mook, Tay Rock battle, all that. And um, people had some good rounds. But that was like the round that I was like, yo. I already knew K-Shine was different. But if you if you was if I, if you was like a new watcher like of battle rap. And I wanted to show you a round where somebody did um, everything that a battle rapper should doing how they should cover it and how they should come that was the round that was the crazy round 
That's that. I think that's the round. And it was even over the Professor Shine shit he did back in the days. Like this round was crazy. But um, so I gave it to K Shine 30, 30 ball. Um, in the main event, um, half a gallon versus user. You know, um, my nigga Gucci Gotti. Um, now, I just called this one a classic because I liked both battle rappers. And it maybe just comes down to preference, I think. It was one of those uh, preference battles. So I'm not going to even go round by round with this one. This one was like... Whoever you like the best, whoever's material you like the best, and I like both sides equally because um, I embody some of the traits of both sides. Um, I can be a businessman, be all about my business, and get multiple um, streams of income on different levels. And when it's time to get down and dirty. I could take it to where it needed to go. And that's the Geechee side. So this was like watching two of my personalities battle each other. And I was just like, yo, this is a crazy battle. It's like one of the ones where um, it just depends on like what what type of person you are. Who you going to like the best. Because like I said, you could be like good saying some shit. He said some crazy shit. He went crazy in this battle. Um, I think this is probably one of the best goods I've ever seen. Like one of the best goods I've ever seen, like in his whole career. And then, uh, but Geechee had he had the the freestyles and he had the um the um, the rebuttals. He had the good material. Yo, he he went crazy. Um, he had a little antic that he did <laughs> at the beginning of the match, and I was like, yo, this is like prime time Geechee right here. So um. I gave this one a classic. This is a classic. I couldn't give it to either one. Some people that watched it probably can judge it, but I can't judge it because I like both of these dudes. Both of these dudes is crazy. Um, both of these dudes is, uh, I could see probably being a part of my crew, um, just kicking with on like a personal level, just talking about regular shit. Like both of these dudes um, seem like real cool dudes. Should I say are real cool dudes? So um, I gave that a classic, and um, that was my take on Volume Six. And um, everybody kind of like to equate, like to equate battle rap with like wrestling or boxing or stuff like that. But um, I kind of equate battle rap to like MMA because um, with our wrestling, it's like you it's like grappling. You can't really punch and all that stuff. And with um. Boxing, you can't really wrestle and have angles on people and get like different angles. MMA embodies all that embodies boxing, Muay Thai, wrestling, jujitsu. So, um, battle rap is like all about finding angles, all about punching, like striking, just like punching, finding different angles, wrestling, you know, getting your opponent to the ground, um, self defense type stuff, being on defense. That's like jujitsu. Uh, Muay Thai, that's like being like uh, having an element of surprise and, you know, using different techniques, kind of like kickboxing. So um, 
I kind of equate them to like um, MMA because it's like a blood sport. It's like pure and it's like anything can happen. Um, you could be beating your opponent like for two rounds and then like the third round. And that's another thing. MMA, they usually sometimes they usually mostly have three rounds. And then you could be beating your opponent in two rounds, but they come with like something that'll make you submit or something crazy, like a classic verb round or a classic um, Lux round, which had me hot because one of two of my favorite battle rappers is um, uh, Hitman and Cal. And um, those third rounds are just legendary though. But uh, too bad they had to be against two of my favorites. But um, but when you come with like a third round like that, nobody really cares about the other two rounds. And stuff like that can happen in MMA. Like you could be whooping somebody ass for two rounds and your face broken and everything. You get somebody in the arm bar about to break their shit. They could just tap out and it'll be over. <laughs> so I think battle rap is more like MMA. And, um, and I know everybody trash talks and stuff. And that's the same thing with MMA. I know, but I know every, like I said, I know every wrestling, they trash talk. And I know um, boxing, they trash talk. But uh, it's more of like, um, you can get killed in an MMA, in an MMA match. You can get something broken, like easily in an MMA match. So that's what it's like um, with battle rap. You trash talk a little bit, and then you there to fuck something up. You know, when you come to like battle, it's like no holds bar. Anything is nothing. Nothing. Nothing is off the table. Should I say? So that's more like MMA to me. And um, fun fact though, uh, when I was younger though, um, I've been boxing since I was like little, man. like little, little. And um, I remember um. The first thing that I got, like one of the earliest presents that I got when I was a little kid was um, I had like a Sugar Ray Leonard boxing set. Um, I had the Sugar Ray Leonard boxing gloves and like the Sugar Ray Leonard punching bag. And um, it used to help with my, my hand and eye coordination when I was little. And so um, I've been boxing maybe since I was maybe like on... Uh, Probably like in first grade, so maybe I was like maybe like five or six years old, and um, I used to box on this thing all the way up till I was like eleven, and so I was like highly skilled. Um, my combinations was crazy. I was always fast. Cause like I said, I used to come home, put my my sugar and Leonard boxing gloves, and I used to punch this bag. And when I first started doing it, when I was younger, I couldn't really catch it. But I used to catch this bag like it was nothing. I could do it with my eyes closed. By the time I was 11 years old, I could do it with my eyes closed. And that's why I was always quick with the hands. And um, my footwork was always crazy. And um, it kind of like made everything else easier that I was doing. Like I used to be all the way, all into like uh, break dancing. And I used to be into like basketball and stuff a lot and football. So, um kind of helped me work on my, my hand speed, my hand-eye coordination, like catching um, my footwork as far as like dribbling a basketball stuff, being able to like 
catch the basketball without looking. Like, I had a crazy handle ever since I was, like, maybe, like, 10 years old. I could, like, dribble between my legs and all that stuff without even looking at the ball. I was, like, I had a crazy handle. And I was, like, at a really long, at a really young age, like, maybe 9 or 10 years old. And um, even though I probably couldn't shoot threes at that at that age, but I used to be able to, like, shake people real good and, like, slash and, like, you know, kick it out to people. So I used to be playing basketball with, like, people, like, like way older than me. I used to be like ten years old, playing with like thirteen and fourteen year old heroes because I could, they couldn't strip me. And plus, I used to be fast too as a young at a young age. So I used to always be playing with people way older than me. Like I never was always was in my age group playing basketball or stuff like that. You know, uh, boxing really helps you get that hand eye coordination, and um, that's why I think um, things like basketball and other sports come easy. To like boxers, because um, boxing is kind of like training for that. Um, like I said, it embodies all the other skills that you really need to play other sports. And um, which which leads me to um, talk about um, the Floyd card. That like I said, the Floyd match that he has coming up. Um, everybody thinks that uh. Floyd is going to dominate Logan Paul. I'm one of them. <laughs> it's just because I know that, uh, I just know the, all the, how, how Floyd operates. Um, I think he, he does his research before he even, like, goes into a, a match or fight. So, um, he knows that, uh, Logan Paul probably isn't going to be able to, um, Match his hand speed. Logan Paul isn't probably going to be able to uh, penetrate his defense. But the thing that Logan Paul does have over Floyd is size. Um, same way Jake had over um, Nate Robinson, but it's a difference. Um, the people that don't really know boxing are probably going to go in and thinking that uh, Logan Paul has a puncher's chance against Floyd and anything can happen. And um, he gonna get knocked out like Nate Robinson, but you don't, you haven't understood one thing about Floyd is he's the greatest defensive fighter in the history of boxing. Let me say that again: greatest defensive fighter in the history of boxing. And what that means is he has rarely been hit by people that have been boxing since they were little kids. So um, unless Logan Paul has been secretly training since he was a little kid. <laughs> and has been just waiting for this day to fight Floyd to knock Floyd out it's not going to happen what may happen is um, I'll give him a chance to like he may catch Floyd maybe a couple times he may be able to uh, eat a couple punches and like come in and try to you know hit Floyd but it's not going to I doubt if he's going to get a flush punch and I'm not going to even jinx it because anything can happen Floyd could trip and he can get a flush punch and even if he does um Floyd, his, uh, his head moving is so crazy. He might be able to just duck that. And he probably won't even get it flush. So it's going to be really, really hard to hit this man. Um, and uh, Floyd is just dedicated to his craft. Um, he eats, sleeps, drinks, boxing. Um, this is what he was born to do. It's the same way in me saying that uh, Floyd can get into a wrestling, a wrestling match with Jake Paul. I mean, with, with, with Logan Paul, um, 
Logan Paul's been wrestling since he was young. And if they were wrestling, I would say Floyd's not going to beat Logan Paul because he's bigger and he's like trained, trained to wrestle. Um, and there's no chance Floyd will beat Logan Paul in a wrestling match. I would put my money on Logan. But the fact that we're dealing with sanctioned boxing and we're dealing with the rules of boxing and the um, and the actual equipment that they're going to be using. They're going to be using like regulation gloves and it's going to be a, a, a match that they're going to be using a official regulation boxing rules. Um, he has no, I don't think he has a chance against Floyd. I mean, it's like, you know, if he was stood in front of Floyd and he beat them all, it's like talking about the Canelos, the Maidanas, the Mosleys, De La Hoya. They even brought um, an MMA fighter and Conor McGregor, who's like one of the greatest MMA fighters of all time. Um, and he couldn't beat Floyd. So it's like, yo, unless they take off the gloves and start wrestling, <laughs> I don't see uh, Logan beating them. Um, and. I'm really interested to see who's they gonna, who they're going to have on the undercard. Um, I don't know if they've announced it officially, the whole card or anything like that. I just know that Floyd is fighting Logan. But um, I don't know if they, they might have some, if they have some, uh, I guess, uh, official boxers on the undercard. It's a couple people that I would like to see um, just like step out of there, <laughs> step out of retirement and fight some people. But um, it would be interesting to see who they're going to have on the card, though. And um, I kind of don't want to see any entertainers fighting because I think it's going to be like, um, just like um, just a circus. I kind of want somebody to come in here with a little bit of hand skills. Kind of similar to um, the Tyson uh, Jones undercard. Have somebody in there that at least know how to box, like a, like a Willie D. Maybe Willie D could fight somebody if they have an entertainer. Or somebody like that, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, but if they don't go entertainers, um, I hope they go with somebody with with some hands, so we don't have two people in there just flailing around trying to take each other's head off. But I do want to see somebody go for the knockout. So it'd be crazy to see who they have on the undercard. But like I said, um, I got Floyd beating Logan. You know, I don't want to jinx it, but um, like I said. Floyd gonna handle that boy. And um and one of the reasons why I say Floyd gonna handle him besides um just the skill set, um as I said before, it's just he puts in that hard work and that dedication, you know. Like when everybody else is like playing, um, Floyd is out there working. And not saying work is everything, because he does play hard. But I think he goes goes above and beyond, you know, the average fighter. You know, he has his own his chain of Mayweather gyms all over the the country, maybe even the world on the low. Um, so wherever he's at, wherever he's visiting, he can go to um, train. Even on like his off days, like he walks around his at his fighting weight. And if he's not at his fighting weight, he's not too far off. Like I've never seen like a chubby Floyd walking around. Like, he don't slack off. He always training, like, 24-7. And, um, like, when you at the club, as soon as he get out the club, he might go running. He might go to the gym, get some 360s in. You know what 360s are. 
people that don't box 360s are. Um, you just shadow box for um, three intervals of 60, of 60 seconds. Because you're kind of imitating how much energy you would take to be in um when you're in a match. So you do a one minute of light, you know, shadow boxing or hitting the bag. Then the second interval, you might pick it up and do a couple more jabs, you know, hook heavy. And then the third interval, you might throw, do, throw haymakers, just giving it all you got in the third interval. And then you take three minutes of rest or the you know however much time you want to rest maybe you might do one minute maybe you might do two minutes and then you get back up and you do another 360 and then you do like 10 360s and uh kind of imitates how much stamina you would need to actually fight somebody so when you're used to doing that and you fight somebody that's not used to doing that they're gonna be gassed by the time the third you know the third match because to the spectator looking at it you just two, you just see two people fighting, right? And and you know in the neighborhood, you know most fights don't last that long because people break them up. They don't let you fight for thirty minutes. Just imagine fighting somebody for thirty minutes, like straight. You're gonna be tired by <laughs> five minutes past. You're gonna be tired. But Floyd, he trained to fight thirty minutes straight without even getting tired. Going to the club afterwards, chilling. You know, so once you in that type of condition. And you fight with somebody that's not in that type of condition. It's, it's very hard to beat somebody like that. And it's very hard to beat somebody that's really dedicated to their craft. And they work hard at it every day. Day in and day out. No days off. And um, that's with anything. Um, one of my greatest philosophies that I go by is, you know, focus on the work. Focus on the dedication. Because um, if you focus on mastering your skill set and just always being in a zone, in in a in a in a flow, and every time you you know get in that zone and that flow, you just never let up. Um, you gonna always produce a good product. I believe, and you always get rewarded for it. But if you sitting around focusing on what you gonna get out of it or focusing on the reward. You might miss a couple steps. You might make a lot of mistakes along the way. Like if you battling, like I said before in a previous card, if you battling for notoriety or if you battling for some money or something, you might start fucking up because you you worried about how much money you're about to get or you worried about the prize at the end or you worried about that girl that like, you know, people with fame. So you trying to be perfect for her or something like that. You're going to be messing up. You're going to be choking. You're going to be forgetting your lines. But if you just constantly focus on your skill set, constantly just focus on being in the zone and flowing, all that other stuff going to come. So that's just my philosophy. And that's, I think that's what kind of motivates Floyd. He might trick y'all and say, um, yo, this 300 million motivates me. That's probably the reward he know he's going to get. But he's not when he's when he's training, he's not thinking 300 million dollars. He's thinking about being the best Floyd he could possibly be. He's thinking about beating the last Floyd that y'all saw. So I think if you want to be good at anything, you need to master your skill set. Master what you're really good at. And um, things that you're not good at, work on it. Dedicate yourself to it. 
Don't really focus on what you're going to get out of it. Focus on mastering what you have and the task at hand and um, and what you have to work with. And um, that's one of the things I live by. Like in anything that I'm doing, um, I don't focus on what I'm going to get out of it. I don't focus on, you know, who going to like me or who going to like this, who going to like that. I get in the zone and then um, I just uh, create from that point. I just start flowing and just start letting everything come to me. And like I said before, you start letting things come to you, you know, you're going to automatically be rewarded. Um, It's going to be easy to climb up in any profession that you're in because when people um, hire you for stuff or when people consume your product, they know they're getting quality. They know you took your time with it. You know, they know they're getting the best you that they can possibly get. And um, as long as you stick to that, you're going to be all right.